welcome to Big Les's League, an all rugby league experience. First off, before I get this one started, I would like to thank Bald Man Rugby League. Awesome page and an absolute great bloke. He was really, really patient with me. Uh, we had a lot of technical issues, obviously, with the new streaming service. I'm um, probably not going to use that one again, to be honest, but we had a lot of issues with it. So I really want to thank him for how patient he was, how humble he was throughout that whole thing. Uh, really great bloke, and it was a really great chat. I'll be doing this one in two parts. This is part one of Around the League is what I'm going to call it. We basically talk about a bunch of news and updates going around the league. If you want me to get another podcast page on to do this, guys, you really should let me know in my DMs. I'm happy to do this. I'm happy to go around. And instead of talking about the news and updates for about 15 minutes, I'll get someone on and we'll really go in depth to signings, injury updates, and stuff like that. So please, guys, let me know in my DMs if you guys want me to do any if you guys want me to do any of that stuff. And I'll be more than happy to ask around and and do more of this sort of stuff. Really great chat here. Again, want to thank Boardman Rugby League for his patience. This is Big Les's League. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. To tarp, and then it's gone on to Gagai, and Dane's gone through. Walker's there supporting, and he puts it over the line for a final try. A couple of plays of the game. The Panthers are going to be first after this. It's been ugly. They've been far from their best. Cleary straight through. The way it's come, a long ball over the top. Katoa, the trick finish. Big Lazar's lead. Hello and welcome to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I am your host, Big Les. Trying out something a bit different today. I'm using StreamYard. Uh, not sure how well this is going to work, but we'll, we'll see. We're going to go through different topics in the NRL going around the league at the moment. And who better to do that with than the one and only bald man rugby league page? How are you, brother? Oh, mate, I'm going well. Thanks for having me on again. No worries, no worries. My pleasure. Um. And geez, there's a lot to talk about at the moment, isn't there? Oh, we're on for sure. Definitely. Yeah, sweet. Let's get started then. Cody Walker, re-signing for the one-year deal. Um, I thought it was a bit strange that they only re-signed him for one year. What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I guess from the Rabbitohs' point of view, I think it's a great re-signing. They really needed to lock Cody in for another period after the loss of Adam Reynolds, you know, broke South hearts everywhere. Um, the main thing for me is that I agree. The one-year thing, I don't know how that makes sense for Cody. Um, you know, so much about contract negotiations is timing. Um, and he's 31 years old and he's coming off a career best year where he scored 16 tries and 33 try assists. Um, so I think this was the absolute perfect time for him to lock in that sort of three to four year big money deal uh, that would sort of take him to the end of his career. Um, and I think... I think it's particularly true with the departure of Reynolds because that combination was such a big reason for both of them having career best years this year. Uh, Adam Reynolds uh, led the league in try contributions, uh, which is virtually, you know, the pass before the try assist. So, you know, I think while Cody's a superstar, no doubt, I wouldn't be surprised to see some level of regression from him this year with the extra playmaking responsibilities. Um, and, uh, you know, from the Rabbitohs' point of view, I think it's interesting to note that Cody is six months older than Reynolds. So, like, that was the main sticking point with Reynolds was his age and the length of the deal. 
Um, and they started with one year deal with Reynolds, which was honestly just disrespectful. But even with him, I don't think they were willing to go to the three year mark. So I think it's interesting that they've only gone to two with Cody. I think that kind of indicates to me that it was probably more the rabbit side of things that that, that was what they were hoping for. Um, but the only thing I can think of this making sense for Cody is that if there was some truth in the eventual reunion with Bennett uh, at the Dolphins, those rumours, um, but he obviously can't go there for their first year with him locked in for 2023, but maybe he's interested to see how they go for their first year um, and then maybe make a decision to get that reunion happening. But, yeah, I just thought it was the perfect time to lock in a lot big money, longer-term deal for him. But, yeah. I think we're already going to struggle without Reynolds. Without Cody Walker, it would just be so hard for South Sydney. So it is weird why I'm seeing them only going for the one-year deal. And as you said, he could go back to the Dolphins and it could be one of those things uh, where he does end up reuniting with Bennett. And, geez, if there's one coach you want to reunite with, it is Wayne Bennett. But it's all it's yeah. all depends on how Jason Demetrio goes. Uh, if Jason yeah. Demetrio can have... A similar impact. I don't know if you'll have the same impact because it's Wayne Bennett we're talking about. He's one of the best coaches in the game. Um, but if he has a similar impact, if he gets the respect of the boys in the shed, stuff like that, uh, it could go differently. I'm hoping for Cody Walker's sake and for the South Sydney Rabbitohs' sake that he does stay at the South Sydney Rabbitohs. But, geez, it'd be a scary thought with the amount of players they can afford over at the Dolphins, the team they would get with Cody Walker in the side as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I'll be interested to see who they pair him with as well, whether it be uh, Blake Taff at the seven or keeping Cody at six or whether they mix it up and put um, Milford in there or keep him as a utility. It'll be interesting to see what kind of combination they uh, start off with, start off the year with. Yeah, well, for me, Milford's a, Milford's a 14. Uh, and I think Milford would really suit that 14 well, role well because um, you could basically just inject him to the game when the when the team when the other side are sort of slowed down, the forwards are tired. Um, yeah, I think that'd be crazy. And the combinations, Cody, um, Cook, and Milford together, those off the off that off the cuff plays that they could initiate would be awesome. I think even linking up with Cameron Murray, that would be sick. So I think Milford suits that fourteen well. Blake Taff is the question. He really does suit the number one jersey, which scares me. Yeah. Um, so whether that means that Latrell Mitchell moves to maybe the three, you bring Taff to fullback, then you bring um, Lachlan Ilias into the side, even though he hasn't played that, that many games. He's only played one. Uh, it's just going to be really interesting to see what South do in the next few years, uh, and particularly yeah. next year. Yeah, well, I just I personally don't think that you can, based on how Latrell played at fullback, I don't know if it's, if you can take him out of that spot. And again, I think during the grand final, it was kind of proven with Blake Taff and Alex Johnson um, in that back line, it kind of, they don't have that return presence that they really need um, because, you know, that was the bit, biggest difference in the grand final. You know, that Toto, Crichton, Edwards uh, combination, they were killing, killed them um, in regard to run meters. So I, I, I personally think with the money and I'd like to see him stay at that fullback position, but I do agree. Like Taff really did, uh, I guess, exceed expectations in regard to stepping into those shoes during that playoff run, and he did a great job. So definitely no disrespect there. Yeah, it is just going to be scary to see what South can do uh, with some of the signings they've got. They've also picked up that Sevilla Havile guy. I'm, I'm, I hope I said that right. Um, hooker for Canberra, really, really talented player. Can also play that lock forward role bit of roaming lock. Um, so it will be interesting to see what South Sydney do. Uh, what are your thoughts on that signing, by the way? 
Oh, I actually did a post on this, and I think it's an awesome signing. Like, I remember a couple of years ago when he sort of was filling in for uh, Josh Hodgson, and he was playing really well, and he, he was just – he's been that stuck behind both Hodgson and um, Tom Starling. Um, but I think I think it's an awesome sign. I think he's a very – he's a flexible guy. Um, he um, It's only a short-term deal. So he wouldn't be, you know, breaking the bank for him. I think value-wise, I think it's a great signing. Yeah, I really hope it is too because uh, it'd be good to have someone that versatile coming off the bench as well. Not only having Milford at that 14 spot, but you also have a guy uh, that, depending on how injuries go, can just slot into the hooker role, can slot into the roaming lock role. You can even chuck him in the back row if you wanted to, even the front row as well as just a roaming prop. You really yeah. could just chuck him anywhere. Yeah, and I think as well he's going to provide really good coverage over that origin period as well because obviously Cook and um, Cam Murray are both the uh, incumbents. So it'll be really interesting um, to see how they use him. I do have a little bit of a worry that maybe their bench could be a little bit small with both Havili and Milford on on the bench. Um, But, you know, I think they're both really good players. Um, So it'll be good. It'll be interesting to see how they go. Yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how Souths go as a whole and how the team looks. And especially with Gaga out of the side, you, that playmaking factor that Cody and him had as well on that edge was, is just going to be sorely missed by South Sydney Rabbitohs fans and, and by the squad as well because that's where they score most of their tries. Yeah, definitely. I think, well, not only that, but also Sua. He's a he's a really underrated forward for, for mine. I think he's a um, been a big... His defensive intensity has really been big for this Rabbitohs side. He's a big hitter. Um, so he's going to be another big loss. You know, he's an origin-caliber player. So that's, you know, virtually three origin-caliber players. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I still am not – I'd still think that the Rabbitohs will make the eight, but I see him dropping down to around that sort of six, six range. Um, a little bit of regression there because I feel like you can't lose, you know, one of the top five halfbacks along with Gagai and Sua, all origin-level players. So – yeah, it's going to be. I, I'm I'm interested to see. I've always also been a fan of Milford. Like, I don't know what's going on with his um recent scandal. I haven't really heard too much more about that. But I think he, you know he's got all the talent in the world. And I think we saw with that without that pressure, even in these last couple of games with the Broncos, without that pressure of that million dollar man tag, he really did step his game up. So I think I, I don't know. I I still think he's got a future in this league. Um, and, you know, I think value-wise, one-year deal, cheap money, I think he could really provide some spark for the Rabbitohs. Yeah, well, I really hope so. I'm a die-hard South fan, so I'm really hoping that they do turn it on next year, and I really hope that they at least make the finals. I'll be happy if they make the finals because uh, I think yeah. they can definitely do that with the caliber squad that they have, especially with the Troll Mitchell coming back. It is just going to be a scary thought, um, yeah. South Sydney Rabbitohs in 2022. Moving on, though, the Raiders signings. They signed Adam Elliott, which I thought was an interesting one, and Jamal Fogarty, which is a really good one. What are your thoughts on those? Uh, well, for me, the first thing that comes to mind is honestly just value. Like, f- looking at uh, Jamal Fogarty, he was he signed for a three-year deal. I believe it was worth over just over $1 million. Um, So, you know, I think it's just a great deal. When a team can spend 350000 per season, for an experienced starting caliber halfback, they're generally well positioned to, you know, build a strong team around them. And I think, you know, they have really, last year I had them making the top eight and I had them making top four actually. And they, they just drastically underperformed to everyone's expectations. I think a lot of people had them uh, in that four, top four range. Um, and 
I think a key reason for it was just the lack of a game manager. Like, I think they they really lacked that since the departures of Aiden Caesar and George Williams, obviously departing mid year. Um, so I think he will just provide a lot of direction. He'll allow uh, Jack Whiten to get back to his like natural game where he can just run the ball, um, you know, relieve some of that playmaking responsibility. Um, and yeah, I just think. I think he's going to bring a lot to this side. I think his kicking game, his organisation, it's going to be, I think it's a great signing. Um, and, and, you know, addresses a clear need, which is what you want. Well, I think it's, um, I think it's, it's, it's good for, it's good for the Raiders. It's really, really disappointing for the Raiders. Uh, for the top, for the Titans, sorry. For the Titans, it's really disappointing. For the Raiders, it's amazing because you've got that experience, even though he's been in reserve grade that whole time. It does bring a level of experience into that side. Um, he's been playing for a long time. He's 28 years old. People forget Jamal yeah. Fogarty. So um, he's a really, really experienced player. Uh, That's the thing game. Well, 28, and, you're getting him for his whole, the whole, like the majority of the rest of his prime, you know, 28 to 31, those prime years for a half. Um, so, I th- yeah, I just think it's a great signing. I really do. I think that it's, it's exactly what they needed. Well, just watching him at, 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 uh, at the Titans, Especially at the back end of the season, he was just setting up plays left, right, and center. He was, it was really influential for that Titan side. And to be honest, Ashley Taylor, he was all he was all right, but I think he had too much pressure put on him, especially yeah. uh, with the amount of money he was being paid over at the uh, at the Titans. Um, they basically said, "Here's a million bucks. Just you're the man. You have to take us to the finals. You have to do this. You have to do that." And it's a lot of pressure, especially he was quite young as well when he signed that contract. Um, so, look, it, it, <laughs> Ashley Taylor's still young too. I think he's 23, 24. Yeah. He's, been, he's been around a long time, but he's still quite young. Uh, and I think this signing for him for the Warriors is really good. I think Jamal going back to Jamal for a second over at the Raiders, I think he's going to suit Jack White so well. I think they're going to link up really well. Uh, I think it's going to free up Jack White just to play his footy, and that's really what the Ra- what the Raiders need because they weren't really getting that with Sam Williams. And I know that Sam Williams is a great fill-in halfback, but I just don't think he was allowing uh, Jack White to, f- to be freed up and playing that game. Neither was Matt Frawley. I had no disrespect towards these halves. Uh, they're fa- really fantastic and talented halves and really good fill-ins when the club needs them, but I just don't feel that they did a, the best uh, job at freeing up a guy like Jack White and who needs someone yeah. there with him to sort of let him play his game and control the side. And I think, especially watching what Jamal Fogarty did for the likes of Toby Sexton when he came in and the likes of Ashley Taylor even, uh, in some plays, he just freed them up to play their best footy. So it is going to be really, really interesting uh, to see what the how the Raiders go next year. I've got them close to the top eight, if not just making the eight. What about you? Uh, yeah, I have them making the eight as well at this point in time. I think, um, as you said, I think their forward pack, they've signed. So we'll go back to Adam Elliott in a second, but they've got they've got a good, strong forward pack. And I think with Chance coming back as well, because he was people forget, like a couple of years ago, like year before last, he was killing it. Um, and he just had a really, really injury-interrupted season this year. Um, and when he came back, he wasn't at his best. So he'll get a full, um, he'll get a full preseason under his belt. Um, he's a really good fullback. Um, and I think, you know, the departure of George Williams again, another disruption. They were just disrupted all year. So I really think that this year with a bit more stability, 
Um, I think I, I know I, I was wrong last year about the Raiders. I had them top four and was completely wrong, but I just can't go past it again. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that they're a real powerhouse going into next year. Talking about Adam Elliott, though, we've already talked about Jamal Fogarty. We talked about how he's going to really free up Jack White and just to play his footy. We talked about the things that uh, Jamal Fogarty brings to that Raiders side. But Adam Elliott, he's a people forget how how much of a talented back rower he is. And he, oh, look, he's been through a lot of stuff off the field, obviously a lot of off-field dramas. If he gets that sorted out, geez, he's going to be a really good, valuable signing for this Raiders side. I think they've got him cheap. Uh, he whether he starts, whether he comes off the bench, I think he's going to be a real good impact for the Raiders side. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, yeah, as you said, I think it's just so, so such good value. Uh, the deals are reportedly one year, $250,000. That is honestly a bargain. Um, he, You know, as you said, you mentioned the scandals. Um, and look, there have been a few of them, but... If you look at all of them in isolation, they're either, I feel like they're either personal in nature or relatively minor. Um, you know, as a Bulldogs fan, I have obviously seen a lot of Adam Elliott. Um, and when he's on the field, he does, he plays hard and he's got, he had a lot of passion for the club. Um, and, you know, he, he can play in the middle because actually, I think he actually was better when he was playing lock for us than he was on the edge. Um, when we when we actually re-signed him to that deal, he was coming off a year where he was playing lock and he was playing really well. Um, so, but again, it's just one of those things. You've got to be. He needs to have the self awareness to realize that any mistake he makes from now gives the media an excuse to bring up these previous indiscretions. So, and as Bulldogs fan, I did get fed up with it. Even if they are minor, even if the media, I don't want the media to be reporting on these type of stories. It's still comes back to the club's reputation and the club culture at the end of the day. So I think the Bulldogs, you know, we're, we're also in a rebuild right now and where I think we're trying to establish a brand new culture with all our new signings. So I think it was the right move for us to get rid of him as well. Um, but, I, you know, I think for the Raiders, I just think it's a there's virtually no risk there. For a one-year deal on $250,000 um, and... You know, with his reputation, if he makes another mistake, it'll be very easy to get out of his contract. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, as I said, all these scandals have been relatively minor and I don't believe they warrant his exclusion from the NRL. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I hope he I hope he goes well, to be honest. I think I wish him luck. I think I think it'll be a good signing for them. I think everyone here wishes him luck. Everyone, every NRL fan would wish him luck because he is a talented back rower. And if you don't realize that, you have to uh, soon because uh, some of the things he does on the field for the Bulldogs, just the effort he puts in week in, week out, he's a, he's a really good quality back rower and it is such a valuable signing. And um, yeah, geez, if he can keep those indiscretions uh, to a minimum, oh, oh, I mean, it is going to be one of, if not one of the buys of the year, that two, those two, Jamal Fogarty and Adam Elliott, it really is. It is just such a lucky, valuable signing. Um, moving on, we'll, we'll talk about the Brisbane Broncos signings. Adam Reynolds, Kurt Capewell, Branko Lee. We'll start with off with Adam Reynolds because it is one of the most important ones and it's the one that makes me want to cry as a South, South supporter. But um, look, it, it's it's a fantastic signing for Brisbane. It, uh, it definitely brings a lot of experience to the club and I think it's exactly what they need because... 
just watching back over the Brisbane highlights for 2020, 2021, I think they just lacked that experience. I don't think there was one guy in that club other than Alex Glenn over the age of 30, um, which is quite shocking. Um, but it's true. Uh, and I think bringing Adam Reynolds into that side, bringing Kurt Capewell and Brenko Lee, you've got a really talented center. You've got a really talented back rower who can slot into the centers as well, uh, obviously with origin. And then you've got one of the best halfbacks in the game who can control the, is a leader on the field, who can control the side, keep the tempo down and really get the best out of this Bronco side. He really is that leader on the field. And I think while it is a really bad thing for South to lose, it is a great thing for Brisbane to gain. Yeah, well, what are the first few things that you think of uh, when you think of the Broncos the last few years? I mean, for me, it's inconsistency and lack of leadership. Um, and I feel like the Broncos signings have basically, they've been an admission that they needed a culture change, basically. Um, you know, they've let go of guys that have huge spark, but at times lack that consistency in their game. So, you know, two prime examples, as I said, Anthony Milford and uh, Tavita Pangai. Um, you know, and they've gone away from that sort of mole and, you know, Adam Reynolds, Capewell, um, as you said, like Reynolds is signed for, I think, 750K for three years. Um, and that's obviously big money, but he's one of the top five halfbacks in the game. And I think he's exactly what the Broncos need. Um, they've been lacking that. They've been lacking that playmaking general for a number of, number of years now, really since the departure of Ben Hunt um, in 2017. So, I think it'll be huge uh, for this team. Um, you know, for Kate Well, I think he's also signed for enough, for three years. Um, and he's just, you know, he's a defensive juggernaut. Like, the key the key reason behind the Panthers' premiership was that win was their gritty defence. Um, and, you know, he epitomised it. Um, you know, he's so reliable. He came up with a number of big defensive plays across their playoff run. Um, and, and, you know, he's also from Queensland. So I remember Ben Iken identifying identified him very early on um, – on NRL 360 before he left the show, that he was a key target for them. Um, and he's really trying to get guys from there to re-inspire that passion, you know, in that great Broncos jersey. So I think that's that's another thing that he's really sort of prioritised. Um, uh, Branko Lee, um, as you said, I think he's a guy that's kind of been forgotten forgotten about a little bit. He didn't really play a lot of footy uh, this year. Um, I'm unsure what they paid for him, um, but I think it might have been... Maybe overs based on the timing of the deal, you know, coming off a big season with the Storm and Origin. Um, so, look, I'm probably least excited about the Branko Lee signing. Um, there are definitely some injury issues there. And, you know, I dare say that there will be some level of regression for him after leaving, you know, that incredible Storm system that, you know, they, they're so good at uh, developing outside backs. Um, but, you know, if he can show some of that form that he showed at the Storm, then he's definitely a very solid pickup. Um, and one other guy that I was going to bring up as well, Ryan James. Um, I actually think, you know, I think he's got something left in the tank. Uh, you know, he's a veteran guy. He gets through, you know, a ton of work um, and he'll lead by example in a team that, as you said, like has been filled with a lot of young players. Um, Alex Glenn's obviously retired. So, you know, I think... I think he's 30, 30 odd, but I still think he's got NRL, a few NRL caliber years left in him. So as short term, I think relatively cheap. I think, yeah, you know, I think he's definitely got at least a couple of years of solid footy left in him. Mm. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I think Ryan James, 
uh, just brings a little bit more experience into that side. And even at Canberra, just watching him at Canberra, uh, even though he had this really short stint there, he was still scoring tries. And he's 30 years old. And <laughs> um, he's making big tackles, uh, really showing the side what's what. Really, um, yeah, he, he was just, he was fantastic. He was really, really solid um, for, this, for that side. And, geez, I can't wait to see how he goes, to be honest. I actually forgot about Ryan James. Uh, Brenko yeah. Lee, as you say, uh, there is a bit of an injury concern. However, um, I do think that it will suit him well being in a side with a bunch of really talented guys. Um, and especially if Kurt Capewell's the man standing next to him as well. I think those two could really link up uh, for some tries. I think they did link up at one stage in origin. I'm not too sure, but um, yeah, it, it's it, it's a fantastic, fantastic um, signing there, Brenko Lee. And no matter how you look at it, I think it would be, uh, yeah, I think it'd be silly to question it um, because he is that origin center. People forget he was injured this year for the Storm, so a lot of people forgot about him. Uh, but next year, I think he'll be one of the most influential centers uh, in, in, in the NRL uh, for his side. I wouldn't say the best center, but I'd definitely say one of the most influential. Payne Haas, the absolute meter eater. I think he's going to have an absolute cracker of a year next year for Brisbane, even though he's not re-signed. I just want to talk about Payne Haas because uh, he's had two outstanding years. Two outstanding years for the club. He's ripped and teared. He's pretty much led the run meters every single week. He's really set an example for that side. And as you say, while there isn't that much experience in that side, Payne Haas is still standing up. He's still being that leader. I think he really did a good job of that. And I think it takes a bit of pressure off Payne Haas next year as well with the older guys that are coming in the squad. And geez, that is going to be a scary thought for Payne Haas because that just frees him up. That takes the weight off his shoulders and he comes in next year and he just rips and tears. It is a scary thought for teams that are versing the Brisbane Broncos next year. I think it is South in round one. Uh, so that will be really interesting to see. Yeah, Payne Haas, he's honestly, you know, he's so young and he's already virtually, you know, it's arguable, but I would say the best prop in the game. Uh, you know, he's been winning the Broncos player of the year every year since he came to the league virtually. Um, and, you know, I, he's just a, yeah, he's just a weapon. And, you know, I really hope that he, you know, can take some of that, I guess, Adam Reynolds influence and really get this Broncos team to where it used to be. Um, and yeah, I, I'm also really excited to see Adam Reynolds um, linking up with Katoni Staggs. He's, you know, oh, what a talent that guy is. Oh, it is going to be crazy. If could you imagine Kurt Capewell next to next to Katoni Staggs? That is just defensive effort after defensive effort after defensive effort. And then when you think that's enough, there's just a, a huge attacking upside to those two. <laughs> Brisbane is just going to be a dangerous team, and they're going to be a top eight side. They're going to be a top eight side because Kevin Halters has been there for a few years now. He's gotten used to those rosters. All he has to do is add some experienced heads in there. I think that in 2022, this is going to be a dangerous side and is definitely going to be a top eight, if not a top four side for me. I think South do move down because just because of the players they're losing, the coach they're losing in Wayne Bennett. I think South moves down, and I think that gives Brisbane the opportunity to move up as well. So I don't see Brisbane making the top eight next year. I think they're going to be absolutely uh, workhorses in this in this side. And 
yeah, just the players they've signed, it really does have a huge influence on how the team is going to go in, in 2022. Um, well, moving on. I'm a little oh. tentative on the Broncos as top eight just yet. I'm still looking at those other teams. You know, you still you still got Storm, still got Roosters. I think they're probably my top three. Um, and, you know, there's going to be some, there's going to be a lot of teams that are sort of fighting for that like eight spot um, in regard to, you know, you've still got Manly as well. Um, but for the fighting for that top eight, like the Sharks, they're going to, I think they're going to move up. I think the Raiders, as we said, I think they're going to uh, be a lot better next year. Um, so it is, it's going to be Bulldogs as well. I mean, I look, I'm obviously biased, but I, I'm hoping we can at least for that. Um, I think we are like the dogs are missing that really experienced guy in the spine to probably take them to that, um, maybe actually take them to the top eight. But I think we'll at least be pushing. So I think there's going to be, there is going to be a lot of competition for those sort of lower eight spots that is going to make it really interesting. Mm, it, it, it is, it, it is. And look, I think Brisbane have enough now. Um, but as you say, the signings, I think, look, and this, and this is just my opinion, and I think the signings in 2022 for every single team is really going to be that big explanation mark into why they make the finals and if they make the finals it is all on the uh, it's big pressure on the players that are getting signed to new clubs and they're big players as well they're not they're not little players you talk about Jamal Fogarty who had an absolutely outstanding year for the Titans Adam Reynolds who has been the South Sydney Rabbitohs skipper for what I think it would been at least six or seven years, maybe even more. I think I'm. It's probably even more than that. Um, you've got players like Kurt Capewell has just won a premiership. Paul Monorowski even going off to the Roosters. He's won two premierships now, both with the Storm and with the Penrith Panthers. Um, it, it's signings. It, it, it's this players that have been signed by the clubs. It's really going to be. Um, they're going to be the reason that, play, that that teams make the finals. They're going to be the reason that teams uh, get far in this in this se- uh, 2022 season. It is really going to be a lot of pressure on them. Well, that was it for part one, guys. I really hope you enjoyed that one. As I said, it is an absolute cracker of a chat. So if you if you uh, don't get to watch the full YouTube video, make sure you listen to the podcast. Make sure you go ahead and listen to part part two. That will be coming out tomorrow. Thank you for choosing Big Lezzers League and all rugby league experience. Recommend this podcast to a friend. Stay tuned for tomorrow, part two of Around the League. And I'll see you guys in the next one.